Welcome to the Quitting Marijuana Podcast. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. It is Friday, June 16th, and gosh darn it, I am 12 hours late of my seven-day deadline. Very, very sorry about that. Uh, what I should do is I should say it's a 10-day it's a deadline, and then just keep pumping them out once a week. We really appreciate everybody tuning in. So good to hear from you. We got Germany, Italy, Barbados, Israel, Denmark, Canada, the United Kingdom, Australia, New Zealand, Colombia, Dominican Republic, Belgium, Czechia, I don't know why it's pronounced like that, but uh, or should I say typed like that? And of course, our friends in Seattle, Portland, Sunbury, Victoria, Hemingford, Nebraska, Smithport, Pennsylvania, Carver, Massachusetts, Troy, Illinois, Garner, North Carolina, Copenhagen, uh, Viroqua, Wisconsin, Burgess Hill, West Sussex, uh, I don't even know, Fief, F-I-F-E, Kirkaldy, Fief, Rogers, Arkansas, Snellville, Georgia, Norwalk, Connecticut, uh, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Hello, Mount Pleasant. And it, the list goes on. So obviously, already, if you're a new listener, you can take heart in the fact that quitting marijuana is something that people all across the world are trying to do or have successfully done or are at least considering. It is not some miracle plan. It's not going to solve all your problems. It's actually hiding your problems. I got a good friend always trying to get better. He's always pushing himself, but there's no question that he is medicating because his life, his wife specifically, is such a disaster, right? So he can get through it because he's medicating, but should he be getting through it, right? Should he be going through life in a haze of smoke or should he be facing the hard conversations? I can't have hard conversations with my wife until I am in until I'm sober, really, because everything else just ends up having me ignore it. It's just like, oh, it'll be okay. Oh, it's no big deal. And I got to tell you, things are getting better around here. I am i don't want to say I'm more confrontational, but I am less likely to get bullied. You know, I call out the bullying. I call out the complaining a little bit sooner. For instance, she comes home every day complaining about work, bitching about work. Oh my gosh, I was working so hard today. Oh my gosh, everybody's so incompetent. I was busy, 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 busy. Kids are dying, blah, 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 blah. For those of you who don't know, she's a pediatric ICU nurse um, in the cardiac field. Well, the other day she comes home and she goes, oh, I was so bored. We didn't do anything today. All I did was read books. Like, oh, there was nothing going on. And I'm just like, you know what? You can stop complaining about having nothing to do because when you come home on the other days, you complain about having too much to do. And then she stopped. And it didn't actually ruin our night. It wasn't some like, oh, it's the end of the world. No, it, we just continued on. We moved past that. I don't know. It was pretty cool. So I, I'm not strong about that. I, it's kind of unusual maybe. I know people want to put men in a box. I know people want to put you know, strong men in boxes. You know, I used to power lift, right? I'm a hunter. I'm a fisherman. I run. Uh, I've got you know a somewhat deep voice. And so people think, oh, yeah, I want to just put my wife in the kitchen. That is not the case, okay? My father did not wear the pants in my house. And so that's the model I had, and that's the model I tend to emulate, whether I, I intend to or not. So for me, standing up to my wife or to my partner is actually kind of a big deal. And so, yeah, little victories, little victories. But, hey, appreciate you being here with us. Uh, I got school today. It's been a grind. This week has just been a nightmare. The kids have been off the walls they're just talk, 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 just will not shut up. Oh my gosh. Put 19, five and six year olds in a room and tell them 
that they only have less than a week left of school. Now, some of the behaviors, for those of you who don't know, some of the behaviors that I see and I teachers see are because kids are worried about the summer. School is their safe place, not their safe space, but their safe place. They get fed. Somebody actually listens to them. If they get hurt, it gets taken care of. When they go home, they don't have those things. And so when the end of the year comes, they start cutting it up because they're scared, they're anxious. Um, and they can't, they don't have the cognitive abilities to be like, oh, these are the people who take care of me, so I should be extra nice to them in the time I have left. No, that's not how it goes. Other kids tear it up because they realize the like the consequences are, are starting to disappear. It's like, well, what can you do to me? That'll be so bad. There's only a week left. Other kids start cutting it up because it's warm out. It's beautiful out, and we're locking them in the concrete box. Now, granted, it's been raining like crazy this week, so maybe that's part of it too. I have not been able to take the kids outside so much. Um, yesterday I did, and we played with the balls. It's crazy. I got a lot of girls in my class that want to catch the football, and... It's just cool. It's just cool watching them get into it. The thing is, they were still crazy, even after I brought them inside. Today's a big carnival day. Um, it's not the competitive Olympics that I had when I was a kid. I was in a different school district, but we used to have these actual like sports. We competed in running. We competed in jumping. We competed in tug-of-war. And this is a primary building. It's pre-K to second grade, and so it's just a big carnival day. But my hope, we have to have it inside because of the threat of thunder. My hope is that the kids keep it together. My hope is that I have a good attitude because even though here I am busting the chops of these five-year-olds, the attitude of the teacher really dictates the outcomes in the classroom. So if there's one quote you want to take from me, uh, why don't you take that one? Please join me in a word of prayer. On this show, we always start with a word of prayer because... I am an asshole because I have a giant ego because <laughs> because there is something bigger than us, okay? If you don't believe in demons and if you don't believe in angels and if you don't believe in, I don't know, I, I just, I don't, like, then what do you believe, right? If you don't believe in good and evil, then what's, like, what are we doing here? So uh, the fact that all that exists suggests that uh, maybe we ought to pay homage to the thing that's protecting us and holding all of those dark forces at bay, right? So, oh, dear God, as Friday is here and people are people are are stressed, people are strained. I ask that you that you touch them, God. You touch their hearts. You touch their minds. You touch their spirits, and you allow them to transcend these worldly difficulties, that you open doors for them that may have been previously closed, that you, if you don't smooth, if you don't smooth their steps, that you reassure them that they can overcome these barriers and these stumbling blocks. And dear Lord, please inspire us to have the kind word for somebody else today. Please let us not doubt our own power to change the world around us. It seems overwhelming at times, God, but we do have the power to make a difference. And so, Lord, uh, we, just, we just thank you and praise you for all your many blessings, for protecting us from our own failures. And God, we ask that you bless this time together. Uh, in your name, amen. Our reading this show is going to be straight up from the Bible. We got James chapter 3, and it's entitled Sins of the Tongue. Now, James, <clears throat> sorry, let me go back here. James is called, is one of the epistles because their addresses were not limited to a single locality. 
James, for example, is addressed to the twelve tribes who are dispersed abroad, a designation for believers everywhere. Uh, they're not, it looks like they're not 100% sure because of the four men bearing the name James in the New Testament, only two have been proposed as the author of this letter. James, the son of Zebedee and brother of John, or James, the half-brother of Jesus. It's unlikely that the son of Zebedee was the author, for he was martyred in AD 44. The authoritative tone of the letter not only rules out the lesser the two lesser-known James of the New Testament, but points to the half-brother of Jesus who became the recognized leader of the Jerusalem church. This conclusion is supported by the resemblances in the Greek between this epistle and the speech of James at the Council of Jerusalem. So, uh, that's pretty cool. Here we go. James chapter 3. Sins of the Tongue. Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such we will incur a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. Now, if we put the bits into the horse's mouths so that they will obey us, we direct their entire body as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, they are still directed by a very small rudder, wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So also the tongue is a small part of the body. And yet it boasts of great things. See how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body, and sets on fire the course of our life, and is set on fire by hell. For every species of beasts and birds, of reptiles and creatures of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing, my brethren. These things ought not to be this way. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives, or a vine produce figs? Nor can salt water produce fresh. So, I, I read this one because it spoke to me. My tongue has been the dick, has dictated my destiny. And I am guilty of all of those charges in that text. And I think of myself often in this role of podcaster as a hypocrite, right? I'm not perfect. I haven't smoked in two weeks, but boy, I'm jonesing today. And, I, you know, I just wish that I wish that I could be stronger for you guys. And wishes wishes are fishes. You just got to do it. But I also cause trouble for myself at work because of my tongue. I almost made a girl cry the other day. Yesterday, actually. I don't know. I mean, obviously, she was pretty stressed out. But she came in. She was charged by our principal to put together some cool little mural so that when kindergarten graduation comes, the kids can all take pictures in front of it, because we're going to do pictures in our own classrooms. So, poor thing, she's probably stressed out, trying to put it all together at the last minute. She starts pulling the kids out in the hallway to dip their hands in paint and then put their hand on the mural. Well, and one of the times when she comes back in, I say to her, I say, you know, next time, could you please give me a little heads up that you guys are doing paint? I'll prepare some buckets of water to wash your hands. I only have two sinks. The kids love playing in the sink. They love having paint on their hands 
And so you got 19 five-year-olds with paint on their hands, chaos ensues. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah. But she, I don't know, she was like, by the end of it, when I talked to her, she was like borderline crying. And I don't know if she started crying like right when I had talked to her like that, like she got a little overwhelmed. Or when we came back and when I came back out in the hallway, when the last kid was done, I saw that. So I, I tried to speak to her. I tried to say, oh, wow, it looks so good. Like, you know, and she goes, oh, we were, it was really last minute. They put it on us. I said, yep, that's always how it is. They, they expect a mountain to be moved in two minutes. And boy, you just, you, you, I really appreciate you girls doing this. Like, thank you. See, I forget that I also have like the face of stone. And I forget that I have a deep voice. And, you know, <laughs> a primary school is not a good environment for those attributes. So it just, there's, there's an example after example of things that I've said. Even at the end of the day, I'm talking with a pre-K teacher. And she's complaining, complaining, complaining. And then she starts complaining about the assistant principal. And I'm like, yeah, you know, this guy, he did X, Y, Z to me, blah, blah, blah. And then she, oh, I think he's so lazy. I don't think the guy's lazy at all. I think he's overwhelmed. And I also don't think he's very competent. So you put those two things together and sometimes it might come off as lazy. But I'm just like, oh, yeah, well, hmm. And I didn't deny it. Why didn't I at least deny that? Why can't I stay true to the things in my heart? Why do I have to be swayed by other people? Or why do I feel like I have to conform to certain strains of conversation or, or certain tones so the tongue those bible verses speak to me it can achieve great things but in the same moment it can achieve terrible blasphemies and i've got to start meditating my plan this week was to meditate in the mornings and then do everything else in the afternoons and that has not happened i meditated two more two mornings of the five um i've got to do that because that's the one thing that has been able to control my tongue is just the the ability to remain in the moment, the ability to remain above or outside of the moment, and to recognize when I'm starting to get spun up or when I'm starting to get sucked into that vortex of emotion. We'll throw in a little virtual insanity this week. I was on Twitter just scrolling through to see like what the nonsense is. Obviously, it's pretty crazy with the Trumpster, love him or hate him. He's been persecuted in a way no other politician has. Uh, if they pursued the Democrats the same way they pursued the Republicans, or even, heck, even if they pursued the Republicans the same way they pursued Trump, it wouldn't be such a big deal, right? Also, they're being a little misleading. Out of all the documents, quote-unquote, that they claimed that he has, and they show these pictures in his indictment of a whole box truck full of boxes, like those big cardboard like copy boxes, you know, that would hold paper, you know, like two foot high, two foot across or whatever. And the reality is, even within their own indictment, indictment, when you read it, it says that it was 105 documents. So if you put 105 pieces of paper in one of those giant boxes, it would be flopping around. Okay, a ream of computer paper is 500 pages. He had 100. And yet the pictures that they're showing or box after box after box after box, and the media is purporting that. So again, I'm not defending Donald Trump, but what I'm saying is there's corruption and one-sidedness. They don't want to, quote, drain the swamp. The deep state is happy the way things are. The, I shouldn't say the deep state. The deep state is controlling everything. They're really happy about the way things are. But the mouthpieces for the deep state are happy the way things are. So he's going to be persecuted. Love that Tucker is on 
Twitter now. I don't actually listen to Tucker. I've clicked on a couple of things, but uh, millions of people are listening to Tucker. And the fact that when he was on Fox, he started questioning the narrative. It was amazing, astounding to me that they let him go on so long. Absolutely astounding. But finally, he, he hit a nerve and they gave him the boot. And now he's got a venue that's reaching even more people. And hopefully, again, continuing to turn folks away from the mainstream media. I'm super distracted right now because there's a video. Uh, there's one of the people I follow, Dr. Anastasia Marie or somebody. Yeah, She's this girl with who looks like a dude or has the haircut of a dude and has all these piercings. She's teaching kids how to hide their breasts. And she's using like giant band-aids or something like these flesh-colored little oblong shapes. And she's like strapping her breasts down, like holding them down tight, like keeps adding more and more. Now, of course, on her shoulders, from her top of her shoulder all the way down to her elbows, she is covered in scars. Covered in scars. She's a cutter. Okay, cut, 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 cut. Now, am I saying that... Uh, you know, cutting is, I can't even, I can't even listen to that. I don't even want to look at it. I got to scroll past it. Um, I have dated girls. I dated a girl who was a cutter. Actually, I've dated two girls who were cutters. I'm not going to claim to know what goes on in a cutter's mind, but for them, they just felt powerless in their life and they felt like pain was something they could control. They were both really tough girls and, and they just did it, and it's been a long time, and that's all I got for you. So if you're a cutter out there, you, maybe you could send me a message, and you can try to explain it a little more. And I'm sure not all cutters are the same. They all have different reasons for doing it. But I think we can all agree that somebody who's littered, I mean, this the scars are insane on this girl who claims to be a dude. Your mind is not exactly well. Your mind is not exactly well. And we know from the bazillion piles of detransitioners, here's another one, Alex Morpheus, uh, at least is his Twitter handle, and uh, I got that from Richie Tulip R. 31-year-old Norwegian detransitioner, had surgery in 2014, detransitioned in 2017. His story is quite harrowing, but painfully familiar. So, why, why does the mainstream media, why do people just ignore the fact that there's this wave of folks who realize they made a mistake, who uh, accept the fact that their minds were not right, and who are upset that everybody validated these freakish concerns? So, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this virtual insanity every week because it's just sending my blood pressure through the effing roof. But it's Pride Month which for some reason to people means walk through the streets not wearing any clothes or wearing your BDSM gear or sticking dildos all over your body or gyrating or I, I saw one video of a float and of course there's kids in the crowd. There's a float with a man strapped to a couple of beams and he's bent over, he's scantily clad and there's a man behind him wearing all of his bondage equipment with a whip like acting as though he's spanking the dude. Like, what the, what the fuck? It's crazy. And there's an awesome picture right here that, that speaks to it. Uh, it says, <laughs> it's a picture, it's a cartoon. The White House is in the background with that giant frickin' rainbow trans flag in between our two American flags, which, first of all, is against the law. It's unconstitutional, but they're doing it anyway. So that's in the background. And then 
in the foreground and it's somebody on their hands and knees wearing one of those fucking dog masks, which I still don't even get. And a person, then another person who's putting their hands over their breasts with their little, you know, facial hair tufts from starting the TRT. And they're saying, why do you care about what other people do in the privacy of their own bedroom? And it's like, well, because it's not in the privacy of your own bedroom. You're shoving it down our faces. Listen, everybody has a religion, but everybody has a penis. And you don't fucking ram your penis down everybody's throat. And you don't ram religion down everybody's throat, okay? Don't ram your religion. Don't ram your fucking satanic pastimes down our throats. It's ridiculous. Re-frickin-diculous. Um, so anyway, that, that's all we can handle today. I just know that if you think it's insane, you're not alone. Other people think it's insane. Those, I, I'm not anti-gay. I'm not anti any of that stuff, okay? I got old gay friends. It's all good. It's all good. But I do have... I do recognize that childhood is fleeting and that our children should be protected and that it's not going to go anywhere. There's a guy, there's a guy on um, Instagram and I can't remember this, this fucking loser's name, this piece of shit, but he's a groomer for sure because he's always telling kids uh, to not talk to their parents. How do you know when you need to cut off your family, et cetera, et cetera. Just come and talk to me. Come and talk to me. And meanwhile, he's wearing lipstick. He's got a you know big fucking four-day beard. Like He just looks like a rat. He just looks like a fucking loser. Um, so anyway, anyway, the point is you're a normal person. The world is going insane, but if you think it's insane, you're actually that actually makes you normal, and you're not alone. There is a silent majority. Okay, I'm running out of time. I got to get to school. Uh, I'm in the skit for the morning. I'm playing my guitar. It's like the 12 Days of Christmas, but it's tuned, but it's actually like the 12 Days of Farmer. I have no idea where my guitar is. I'm so exhausted. I played in our practice round yesterday, and then I went up to the die-cutting machine to stamp out different like little animal figures and stuff for a craft the kids were doing. I think I left it up there, so I gotta get to school, I gotta find my guitar, but in terms of an athletic tip, it's getting nice out, summertime, swimming is the very best training you can do for your body, it is phenomenal, okay, uh, low impact, inter- low impact exercise works the cardiovascular system better than anything else because of the, f- the need to regulate your breath, I will say this, if you're, if you can do the freestyle crawl, you know, uh, the hand over hand, one tip in terms of your technique when you go and breathe to the side first of all only let one of your eyes go out so half your face tips out not the whole thing and then quickly return your face to a straight line prior to that same side hand re-entering the water and what you're going to notice is your body is in a much better position for the pull of the arm that's already in the water and it makes you more streamlined. So again, you know, I'm hand over hand and let's say I'm always breathing on my right side when my right hand comes up and out of the water, I'm turning my head to catch a breath. And then prior to my hand getting in the water, I'm quickly, instead of it being like all one unit, which is very common, you watch people, it's extremely common for people to just like, okay, my body rolls up to breathe with my arm and my arm hits the water, my body rolls back down. No, 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 no. Roll up to breathe and then quickly whoop, whip that head back down prior. And what that does is it repositions your shoulders, it repositions your chest and streamlines you and it puts you in a much more powerful position to crawl. And the reason you should think of the crawl like this, you're actually crawling over your own hand that's in the water. Instead of thinking of yourself as moving water, you got to think of the water as like, as like dirt or as bricks. 
you have to imagine it as a solid because what you're really doing or what you're trying to do is place your hand inside of this mass and hold your hand there. That's the catch. You're trying to catch yourself and keep your hand in that spot, moving your body over your hand, right? And so then you withdraw it, reach out again, enter the water, enter the dirt, enter the magma, hold it, cup it, keep it in that position and pull your body, crawl your body over top of it. It's a mindset shift, but it's a game changer. So if you're a terrible swimmer, I'm sorry, this tip might not be for you, but we can have another episode about uh, ways you can become a better swimmer because there's definitely, definitely uh, means in which to do so. Don't give up. Uh, listen, if you got competitive athletic experience, I would love to hear like one training tip or like one cool exercise that you found that is really sick or that has helped you. Shoot me an email, quittingmarijuanapodcast at gmail.com. If you've got a story to share with us, either a really something really dumb you did on weed or um, why you're trying to quit weed or just anything, anything marijuana related, we'd also love to hear from you, quittingmarijuanapodcast at gmail.com. C.S. Lewis Hardships often prepare ordinary people for an extraordinary destiny. In our Bible verse of the day, uh, James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Hey, remember to find satisfaction in the struggle and peace in the moment. We'll see you next time.